The Ascent is a visual powerhouse, oozing style around every corner, only to be torn apart from within from its very own technical prowess and momentumless story. An experience deprived of any real substance is an experience I cannot recommend. Well, okay. The music is trance-like and I want to get sucked in and never come out. Yet, I still haven't picked it back up since our play session. So the question is, is it worth your time? I'm hoping this discussion will ascend me to the answers I seek. So let's talk about it for a bit. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we answer the simple question, is this video game worth your time? I've ascended to become one of your time managers for this session. Hello, I'm Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond. Uh, you are clever with your wordplay, brother. I am Larry. I am the other host, time manager, whatever the heck you just said. <laughs> I'm going to start mixing all these up by the time we get through a couple more episodes. That's all right. It's, it's all fun. But hey, this is a unique episode because this is, I believe, the first one we've ever released that I've actually put more hours in than you into a game. Yeah. A quick background. I have not finished this game. You are a failure as a host. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you so much. I spent an hour, 21 minutes, and 17 seconds with this game. I spent 28 hours and 36 minutes, and I did beat it. That is a very long time for a game that you said you cannot recommend. So we're going to get into that Mm. in just a moment. The Ascent was released on July 29th, 2021, developed by Neon Giant and published by Curve Digital. Some good names right there. Neon Giant is such an awesome name. I'm just going to point that out. This was created from a team of 12 people, which I think is pretty cool. I just wanted to pull out this little quote from Newsweek article by Harrison Abbott. So this is in response to this article talking about Cyberpunk 2077 and this game. Tor Frick, one of the game directors, said, quote, Of course there's going to be giant overlap because their game has everything in it. I think one of the things that was really frustrating for us was that when they revealed more gameplay, we kept thinking, oh, we have that. We have the same mechanic. We're also a class-free game, end quote. The article continues, and Berg, Arcade Berg, the other director, mentioned that they even considered showcasing more of the Ascent while it was in development, just to prove that they had been working on the game before Cyberpunk came out. Mm. He, he said, quote, It got to the point where we started wondering if we should post stuff early to show that we weren't mimicking, end quote. CD Projekt Red, basically, is what they're saying. So that, that's an interesting development release cycle all that you know you have this giant mammoth of cyberpunk you know we all know how that turned out but it's interesting but i know people probably say there is some overlap but i feel like just cyberpunk in general has that overlap in itself the genre yeah and i actually don't even think that's fair i maybe if you're afraid that you know there hasn't been a game with a theme like that that hasn't come out in a while and obviously the lead up to cyberpunk everybody was crazy excited about it i was one of them it's like, hey, CD Projekt Red can do no wrong. Yes, they can. And so I, I maybe if you're afraid of the themes, I could see that. But gameplay-wise, you're completely different games. Yeah, that's what I'm very confused about. And especially they go into, we have that, we have the same mechanic. We're also a class-free game. Mm, yeah, that's one of my complaints. Really? Mm. Expound. So I guess if we're going to roll right into that. I The menu system in this game, especially when you first start playing... It feels like it's supposed to be deeper than it really is. And to me, this game, as the more and more that I played it, the farther I got into it, outside of maybe changing up a weapon or two, 
all the points you throw into whatever category and skill you want, there's not much you can change about your character. Getting more points into evasion is awesome because now you can roll a little bit quicker. You can do your tactical charge faster. You're throwing stuff into a health bar. You're throwing stuff into energy. If you end up doing things into the aiming mechanic and stuff like that, it's increasing your reload speed. It's not actually changing your character as much. I kind of assumed maybe you could be more of a healer, which you can have a secondary ability that does that. But there didn't be, go deep enough for you. I guess? It, it definitely did not go deep enough. When I played, we played at Couch Co-op together, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. It seemed like it was pretty deep. Yeah, and that's the thing is if early on it feels like it's pretty deep. But what you start realizing when you go through the game is all those points you're throwing into skills, I don't feel like you're seeing affect your gameplay enough. There's not enough oomph to the change that happens there. Do you and feel like that then is not what it's meant to be about? Maybe it's more about the loot you get, like the gun's armor. Definitely, if there was... And enough change and variety in the guns it's and i think you know one of the points that i would definitely give this game is at least for me the two or three guns that i got pretty early on in the game were the guns that took me the entire game like i couldn't mm. find anything better and i kept trying out different guns but one of them i guess we'll just jump into that then i used a gun and i know most people who've played this the one uh energy gun is called the enb enforcer and great name it has like this every time you shoot it has like a homing mechanic so it's an energy weapon but when you can just freely aim and it's going to go find your enemies for you which is just amazing and so as you upgrade it it's fantastic and then i used a gun called the dread in ar for the longest time and then i think i might have gotten that gun it's a pretty common gun like you'll end up having like 13 14 of them on you at any one point so you're constantly selling trying to make money or breaking them apart and or no just selling and then Eventually, I found I stumbled across like an overleveled section of the game, which we're gonna talk about the map in a second. But I stumbled into a section where I was clearly overleveled, or everyone was overleveled over me. It was just too strong. So I was rolling around, and I found a gun in the back of, I believe it was like a car van called the Overwhelmer, which was literally just an AR with explosive rounds. <laughs> <laughs> and that combination of those two guns took me the entire game. I played the entire game. I kept every time I found something new, I would try it out, but nothing was as effective. Hmm. And and so from and again, the energy point, the reason they have the different types of weapons in the game is certain enemies are going to be affected more. And I found that both these guns had a good mix of just they kind of could tackle both things pretty well, especially the enforcer, the energy weapon. And so then just when I fought lots and lots of enemies that bundled up, that's when the explosive ammo would work out really well. So in most scenarios, both those guns. Oh, 100%. Just... And I mean, I would say like the first couple hours, like about where you got, I had a, a shotgun that I played with that I freaking loved. I just couldn't find anything that would replicate what I was doing with those other two weapons. Mm. And so that one kind of hurt me because I treated this game slightly like a di- Diablo where I was looking forward to seeing like the next really big drop. Yeah, if you don't know, it is a top-down kind of isometric mm. looter thing, shooter thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, twin stick shooter. And Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so the thing that I did not like is there's no unique weapons in this game. There's no unique armor. It's all set-based. So the dread, when you, let's say, will take that gun, you get it, and then you can go ahead and... Uh, upgrade it 10 times so there's kind of three tiers of upgrades it's called mk1 through i believe it was four and then five through 
eight and then nine and ten is the kind of they you need really really specified loot drops to get to upgrade them to that point is it just like building damage and stuff it's doing damage maybe the reload speed and you know gets a little bit faster things like that ammo capacity might go up but you know how like in a lot of games there'll be like a a specialized legendary drop or something Correct. like that right they didn't they don't have that in this game i i suppose maybe like the overwhelmer is something like that but it was already in the map. It wasn't like a drop you got from an enemy. So it was like a, there might be rare weapons, but they're probably mm. set into the game. Yeah. And so I guess for me, just the mixture of wanting to constantly farm. Farming for me turned into let me farm because I'll have like 13 versions of the Dread. I'll have about eight versions of this armor and that armor. And then I bring them back to someone, sell them all, and then go buy either materials or whatever to upgrade my gear. And it, it didn't ever turn into, let me go out to fight these enemies to see if I can get something special to drop. That doesn't exist in this game. And huh. I was pretty disappointed with that. Um, there's two points I want to go in this conversation after you saying that. Like, I'll go stick to the first one. Then what, what made you keep going then? Yeah, so I was actually racking my brain on this one. For me, I'm not always about like theme and looks but the freaking look and visual style of this game it's impeccable is i'm so this game released in 2021 yes of course there are more visually like more graphically impressive games i think this is the most beautiful game that came out in 2021 and this is in a year that horizon uh forza horizon came out there's unbelievable games that released this game was stunning Every which way. I almost feel like the developers of this game, all 12 of them, which is amazing, were showing off at times. Because there were so many different times where I'd be walking around the city or you'd go down and take like an elevator down and they would just subtly like back the camera up. And they're like, eh, look at this. Look, we designed, <laughs> we designed, you know, detail into the windows and those buildings you're never going to be able to go to. All It's just the lighting is impeccable on this game. But even better. I'm stealing my word choice, but I'll allow it. Okay, fine. The sound design. I will always have the tactical charge sound stuck in my head. Like the... Like, and that was a terrible attempt. But I actually don't think it was that far off once you hear it. And the the weight of a lot of these guns, the soundtrack itself, there's this beautiful mix in gameplay. When you start having some of like your augments, like let's say you have spider bots set out, which is one of my favorite ones where you just spawn up like 12 of these like suicidal spiders to go running. You almost use them as a wall. If you can get all that timed, music hitting with the lights flaring and enemies around. I remember with you guys, I would share clips to you and uh, Kevin, uh, the other brother, about just how impressed I was with those moments. And so for me, I kept enjoying those moments so much that the gameplay was that fun that it kept pushing me, which would lead me into, but the story and the maps were the two things, well, that and the bugs, which we can also talk about. The story in the map, I'm so utterly confused at what the thought process was here. So the main driving force is gameplay and just like the theme. So theme mm. encompasses the style of the game and the music because they're kind of intertwined. Yeah, in so I would, when I say theme, I'm definitely combining the look of the game with the sound design. The composer is also did the original Witcher and Dying Light. Just throwing that out there. Interesting. The original Witcher, huh? Yeah. Wow. Which is kind of funny because there's that weird CD Projekt Red thing in there too. So it's kind of funny in that regard. So you're talking about the map, but before the other tangent I wanted to go down, you talked about selling all the gear mm. in the town, in the city or whatever. 
Is it just that one city that you go to, or is no, it? No, there, there's a couple different hubs. Uh, there's the city you get to pretty early on in the game is the biggest one. Uh, again, this is all in cities. Maybe the wrong way to word it. It's yeah. When it's I all it, one it, giant complex. It seemed like like a ward or yeah. something like that. I think it's called the Arcology and I should remember the name, but it's this whole gigantic different sections that are broken up. And again, these are all underclass, underground. Again, we know we're not part of the elite upper level world that which you is a cool yeah, yeah it's a cool uh, little story and plot. so there's a lot of i would say smaller like sections and markets that are within the game but the one that you get to early on in the game that has like poon who's like my favorite he's probably my favorite character in the game he's the guy that you work with early on that is the largest kind of friendly ai npcs all in one area that's the busiest section in the okay because when we got there i was like man this is opening up i like this is cool i mean we had fun finding this small little boss in the beginning of the game and going through and we had some technical issues when we were playing co-op but overall i was like all right this is building to something nice and almost an hour and a half and i was like i feel pretty good about this I haven't picked it up since, so, but... So, I mean, again, you're asking me a lot of the questions, obviously, because I beat it, but... So, I guess that was the area I wanted to jump into, is why haven't you picked it back up? Is it simply because we just haven't... I haven't made myself available for it, or... Well, yeah, time ran out for us when we were playing this, because we had other things to do. But I guess it's a funny thing. So, when we first played this, I didn't have Game Pass. I wasn't subscribed to it. And I didn't have a newer Xbox. And... But now I do. I have both, currently. Have you loaded it up on the new X- no. Xbox? Yeah. So that's a treat. So I still haven't jumped back in. And maybe because I have far too many games to play. <laughs> Hence, um, one of the reasons we're doing this podcast. Maybe because it didn't capture me completely. But I don't know if that's true. Because minus the glitch, I enjoyed myself with that game quite a bit. Tweaking out my character. Getting some you know new guns. And just seeing the world. And the music is so freaking good. But the f- yeah, I think that's the funny thing. I don't really have anything bad to say about the game. So honestly, I'm kind of puzzled myself. I thought after, you know, I blew through a bunch of Halo and got my fill of that, this would be the next game I jump into, but I still have it. But maybe I'll change my mind, but after saying well, that you spent 28 hours in the game and you're still saying don't recommend <laughs> it, I'm a little so, torn here. And again, and I would actually even go so far as to say it is, it's a tricky non-recommend because the gameplay is fantastic. And I would even maybe so, go so far as to say the pacing issues in the story the way the map is laid out, those issues may be not as big of an issue if you play cooperatively. So if you have someone with you to keep you entertained, you guys can interact with each other in between the silences, that might be enough to change my overall recommendation level. I played this game mostly by myself. Yeah. So So that's interesting. But this is why I say this, though. The convolutedness of the map in this game, I just don't understand their thought process. So you have a little, after about one of the first early on missions, you get this little ping that you can start doing. It's almost like a whole bunch of like nanobots or like data stream points that float ahead of you to show you where you need to go. Cool. That's, that's, it's good. It's almost like a, a guided GPS to let you know a where your next point, mission yeah. is. So I played this when it came out. It's very possible some of this stuff has been updated. I'm unsure. I'm okay. talking about when I played it. The GPS system in the game would never take into account the fast travel subway system that was in the game. So there were so many times that I would click on a mission that I want to do and it would take me onto the route, but it would ignore the fact that there was a fast travel location right there. And so what ended up happening is you would suddenly see, okay, this is 1,726 steps or meters away. And you're like, okay. So you would spend eight, nine minutes walking over to that location. So many times 
it was the wrong location. It would just spawn you in a spot that was not correct or the mission wasn't loading properly and you never knew which was which. And I cannot tell you how many different times, like even on the fast travel system, so many times they have like a little tiny square that let you know, okay, hey, you have a mission in this spot, so go there. You'd go there and there was no mission there for you. And it was like, I don't know if it was, there was the contextual thing that I've complained about in other games where a mission's available, but I haven't done something yet. Oh, so you need but to then it's like, the so mission? then why lead me to this? Because <laughs> the problem is I spent so much time aimlessly walking around parts of the map where the enemies would just randomly respawn. And since these enemies that I'm killing aren't getting me, they don't even have a chance at dropping anything ultimately unique or new for me. I would start getting tired of just doing the same thing over and over and over again. So I wanted to utilize the fast travel system. But then the thing is, interesting. Okay, there was multiple times where I would use the fast travel system. I would travel to a spot that I thought it wanted me to go. And I'd get out, and then all of a sudden, I was like 2,700 meters away from my target. I'm like, I went further away? What? <laughs> and uh, it just, it was, you could and you couldn't set waypoints either. There was no way to set waypoints on the map, which also drove me nuts. I'm like, I thought that would have been a simple fix to be like, okay, listen. Do you think that's probably a technical fix that they've changed by now? I would hope so. I, I, I don't know. It, to me, it feels like in 2022, like being able to apply a waypoint to a map in any sense is a pretty normal thing nowadays mm-hmm. at least mark even if you're like hey I f- there's a tough bad guy here i want to go back later and fight let me just ping this thing and let it go uh or if you're like you know what i knew there was a quest over here i couldn't remember exactly where it was just ping it walk over there and then find it from there and let yourself naturally it did seem like out. you get a lot of quests on that main hub right away yeah, too uh but again, the pacing of, uh, and perhaps it was like the pacing of the side missions and missions combined. I found myself not wanting to do the side missions anymore because they took me so far out of the way. Nothing was really happening. It, and I'll put it this way. So the idea, the overall process or concept for the story is basically, if I mean, unless you wanted to do anything more about the map. No, that's fine for now. Okay. So... The story is so atypical. Just you start off as this lonely person living in the slums. You're, you're called an indent. And you work for a group called the Ascent Group. And they basically end up going bankrupt or broke because there's this AGI. It's the artificial general intelligence that just goes offline, disappears. They lose all their money. So a company comes in called AG, or, uh, Y Corp. I always mix those two up. Y Corp comes in, buys everything up, employs you to go figure out what happened to this general intelligence. Let's figure out what's wrong with it. So you finally get to it. And of course, someone's been tampering with it. And they now have <laughs> alternative motives. They turn it, they, they're trying to create a wormhole. So what happens? In a game that a story where really nothing has happened and you're, you're waiting for it to build to the next level, suddenly the final boss in the game pops up. And it's just something that comes out of the wormhole that has nothing to do with anything that you've dealt uh, with. And worse than that, the sequence, and I'm sure most people are cringing when they hear this, that about our sequence of getting to the final boss, the entire mechanics of how they've thrown enemies at you changes. It used to be you kind of could always see that there was enemies coming up so you could use your game plan, how you play your game. Maybe you're a cover person, maybe you're not. The final about hour-ish sequence and the autosave feature always screwed up where if you died on the final boss you they sent you all the way back to the corridor you had to redo this again Mm. but they would spawn enemies on top of you just randomly that's weird and so if you were someone who needed more cover and weren't bulky in a heavy gigantic set of armor 
you the way you have been taught to play the entire game is completely thrown out the window. I it, do dislike when games at the very uh, end change or add a new mechanic and that doesn't work. Well, and and here's the the killer, right? So obviously spoilery. When you beat the giant squid final boss that came through this wormhole, you beat it and then nothing's resolved. Your group that you were trying to help initially, the ascent group is still broke. They're beaten down. Y Corp still just owns everything and nothing's resolved. The game just ends. Then they suddenly turn you into a new game plus mode so you can go through everything again. There's no umbrella finish. It's just, okay, well, that didn't work out. Do you think you missed something? Like maybe, maybe I, perhaps I did a little bit of a deep dive and people were talking about that seemed to be a pretty decent common complaint. Now, again, a lot of people love this game way more than I did. I, I, just, I just don't know. Now, again, I guess the only benefit would be DLC and another game is easily possible because nothing got finalized. <laughs> they did have there was the Y Corp guy who was like smoking the cigar in like the futuristic looking place. And it nice. just completely reminded me of Mass Effect. Just not done as well. <laughs> But yeah, it was just, I kind of was left really, really dumbfounded at how just lackluster the storyline was. And it made me think maybe they should have changed, they should have changed up the idea of maybe what the whole game was. Because the visuals, the gameplay, the soundtrack were so good that it almost feels like the storyline was like tacked on to be like, hey, well, we need something to keep people busy. Mm. That's that's the vibe I got from that. And I know you're a big storyline guy. But for me, it was like, this is the type of game where I want to go. I just want to get out there. I want to shoot. I want to test my different guns. I want to use my different abilities. Let me get some unique drops. Let me go find and try and fight this strange mini boss over here. And there wasn't any of that. It didn't, It's almost like it didn't do what something like a Diablo is good at doing. But then because you strip that away so it's not as deep as a Diablo, you would think the story would be better then. And the story wasn't great. Huh. So are you saying that there there seem to be like a lot of characters, in, at least in that hub city that I, I spent time in, do you meet more memorable or unique characters? You meet more characters. I wouldn't necessarily say too many of them are memorable at all. I, like I said, the Poon guy that I keep bringing up, I think he had genuinely funny dialogue. Uh, yeah, that's that him interacting with him made me think oh okay there's some cool characters yeah, so, in this world which again so especially this is where the example of how this podcast works it makes so much sense that's a prime selling point you would think there is better stuff coming forward i to me he was probably one of my favorite character and i actually thought in general the dialogue in this game was strange like there were so many times where like the lip syncing was completely off there were so many times where i'm I w- guessing that's something that's been fixed by now probably we'll, yeah. we'll see i would i would click or an op- see. I would click an option of my text and the person like wouldn't respond correctly. And so I just noticed there was a lot of those issues in the game, which to me also then leads into the bugs within the game itself. And I can't remember. I think me and you actually even experienced like a ladder issue or a elevator issue. I thought Uh, there was something where it glitched. It definitely froze on us. So we had to jump mm. back and we started over again, yeah. which when I, that was, that was a, that was a buzz kill, but I was like, all right, yeah. you know, I'm giving it another go. And I still enjoyed my time with that. Mm. And then an hour and 20 minutes that I played. <laughs> yeah. Well, so in, for me, I ended up having multiple times where the game crashed on me. I had auto save issues where I saved the game, stopped, and then I came back to it like my next night. And I was something like an hour back further, like my file wouldn't work. And then multiple, multiple, multiple times, the two most common things that happened to me, actually three most common things that happened to me all the time were 
parts of the map just wouldn't load up. So that's interesting. NPCs were just walking on thin air. And of course your missions over there, but you can't, nothing's loading. So you can't go over there. I had multiple times where I, there was a clear where waypoint. I knew exactly where I needed to go and there was a whole bunch of enemies in the way. So I had to fight them. The music would change as if a quest was popping up. And then as soon as you killed all the enemies, nothing would trigger. <laughs> like you're just like, <laughs> wait, like, um, what's going on here? And then I had multiple issues with the elevators in this game. I, all the time, my character would fall through them. They would like go up, but then they wouldn't bring my character with it. Like just all the time I had issues with the elevators, but you made it to the end, but I made it to the end because I hate played probably about the last 60% of the game. Hate, excuse me, 40% of the game. So I got about 60% in. I got to the point where I was getting so frustrated. The story couldn't hook me, but the visuals, every new area I went to was so freaking cool that I couldn't stop playing in the gameplay. And it, it, so it became this game that I kind of played passively where I would just crank up the volume. I'd listen to all the music playing and I just kind of, it almost, you know, you know me really uh, a lot, obviously with my gaming, <laughs> with my gaming, you know, I used to play rocket league all the time. Mm-hmm. And to me, I used to play that game passively too, which I'm sure used to bug my teammates cause I didn't take it as seriously, but this game kind of replaced that for a while where it was like, I would just jump in, and I would just play it for about 20, 30 minutes, and then I would do what I needed to do. And as soon as I started feeling like, okay, I'm not hooked again, I would, I would set it back down. And it was just enough that it hit an itch for me that was just like, okay, this looks cool. It feels cool. And that was enough. You know, it, it kind of sounds like, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this, you turn off the storyline and dialogue options, or you just you know skip them, listen to the music, or you listen to a podcast, or... You, this is something you grab a buddy, play side by side or over the internet, which I'm pretty sure you can probably do. Yeah. And this is something you just play to have fun with while you're chatting. So that is the key takeaway. And I think that's actually why I'm upset with the game is that's why if they would have had more of like a, a hub base or something and then a whole bunch of miniature missions that would you'd go out to different parts of the building complexes and fight stronger mini bosses and it would give you different special gear like the potential is so there like for that and that's kind of what i thought the game was going to be and it kind of you feel like it's going to be that for a while and i think that was probably the biggest takeaway for me is like there's so much potential here and it didn't live up to that it's almost agonizing because it's like it's such it's such an amazing game to just experience and even when i was doing the co-op with you i was like okay i can really see how fun this could end up being and that, that, by the way, doesn't even lead to the point where in the story towards the end where you get up to the top of the corporate ladder, literally. Because it's an ascent. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just this beautiful, lush, everything's like crystal, like clear, clean, ritzy, all this stuff. And it's like, okay, look how beautiful it is up here. And you see, it's almost a response to look at all the crap they're making the rest of the population go through while they can like live in like happiness. And... It's it's such a cool like uh, map moment where you're like, man, look at the difference in visuals. It doesn't you don't even feel like you're playing a cyberpunk game anymore at that point. Oh, that's cool. You're walking around like the Final Fantasy eight college little school place instead. <laughs> Just Ballum Garden. Yeah. You think of? Yeah. Interesting. So they got some themes, some themes that don't work for you. Some that do. It sounds like like the corporate ladder thing. That's a, kind of a. A clever way of doing it and showing it mm. off. And I know you asked me in the question, do you think this ge- a game like this should be played co-op only for you to enjoy? I don't 
think that's the only way to enjoy it. Just from hearing from your experience, it seems like if you are listening to like a podcast while playing this or you're listening to some album or you're listening to the music from the game, I think you can passively enjoy it from the sound of it. Mm, I, yeah. you know, I only spent an hour, and just under an hour and a half with it, so I can't commend that before what I'm hearing from you. If you're not worried about story, because there are so many games, like I have a friend that plays RPGs, but he doesn't care about the story for the most part. In certain games, he's just all about the battle system. So if you're like that, I think this game can be worth your time. If you're only worried about the game mechanics and getting invested in a world not completely, I think this game could be worth your time. Well, I would actually even go so far as to say you kind of spurred my last thought I wanted to say about the story. The reason why it is disappointing to me, because the story itself isn't, I, I just don't think it ever came together. But the codex in the game and the 3D, the fact that everything in the codex is a 3D like module module that you can like literally rotate and look at is oh, that's cool. so, I actually think this game has potentially one of the best codexes I've ever seen in a video game, which to me right there even shows there's your story. You can actually build a lot of really cool stuff just with that. So focus on the other stuff or I think. At the end, what this ends up showing is you have an unbelievably talented set of 12 people who just couldn't get all of it done. And I think the story was the one thing that felt like it got sacrificed. And Do you, uh, do you think if they came out with a sequel or an expansion, would you be willing to give it a shot? I would have to see what they're doing with it. Because if, if it came out in story trailers that the big thing they're doing is like pushing the story and going forward with it, to me, it would feel like they're focusing on the wrong thing. But then again, Isn't is that what you want, though? No, if they're focusing just on the story. Yeah. I feel like at this point, they lost me with where the story is so much that I would rather them focus on all the strengths of that game and just cut that out and try and create more of like a, a hub based system where, you know, you know, I don't want to keep comparing it to Diablo, but Diablo, each act has like its hub city. And then you go out and do all your missions from there. But you're always coming back to kind of get your gear stronger. I would. It almost feels like this would be a great way of doing that. I guess then the other point, if I want to play devil's advocate, if they focus on story and they really are serious about that and they completely change the whole way that the story system is done and they actually improve it while keeping everything else the way it is, sure, I'd be willing to absolutely go along with that. It's just that to me would mean they made a lot of money with the Ascent and were able to get the funds to pursue something further and actually have the development time to do that. Because, I mean, I can't even imagine if they come out with a second game and they have to completely remake another world or something like that, the amount of time that must have been spent making that world the way that it is, it is perhaps, it is bar none the most beautiful twin-stick shooter I've ever played in my life. Like, not hmm. even close. So definitely look it up, then, if, you, yeah. if you're curious after you're done listening to this. <laughs> yeah. And so... I guess I would be potentially interested. It's just, but that that's like a prime example. Any game that I don't like, if they come out with a sequel and it's like, hey, we fixed the thing that you don't like. I'm Okay, fine. I'm potentially going to be interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you piqued my interest. Fine. <laughs> I think it's just interesting that 60-40 argument you have going with yourself. Like you yeah. enjoyed it, but you still well, wouldn't recommend it. Well, because like I, I also have that bit in me when it comes to games. Like I'm really good at playing games passively, right? I, you know, games like Rocket League, uh, games like Hearthstone back in the day. I, I like playing games. I don't always need a great story to keep me going forward. It's just 
it felt this game relied so much of my issues with the pacing of the game itself and the backtracking and going back through the same tunnels and you know sewer systems and it just passageways was because of the story it wasn't because hey while i'm walking from point a to point b this enemy over here has a three percent chance of dropping something i really really want that that's not how it goes it was okay this guy's annoyingly here again here's another mob of these guys do you think if they added that would you be inclined to play through it again or are you done with it i would just need to be really sold on the next mechanic because i think when it comes to a looter shooter type thing like this i need more loot I think I kind of like the dice roll, the chance of their the what if. Like if I go fight this guy, this is what could potentially happen. Pray those RNG guys. Yeah. Like yeah. give me the dread and then give me the option for, or even just give me more abilities to customize individual components of the guns instead of just a straight, okay, it's from level one to level two. And then that's it. I, I think there's just maybe levels to prefer, especially since the most you're doing is you're going around killing tons and tons of people. Give me more control over my character, some of the drops, give me some more unique drops. I don't want to be bored that up. Oh, there's literally the 74th version of that gun that is now dropped that I'm going to go sell to the same vendor again. Was there enough? It sounds like there's enough environment, environmental variety. Was there enough enemy mob? Yeah. I, I bad never, people. I never for the most part got too annoyed because I thought there was a good breakdown of different enemy types between aggressive enemies meteor enemies there's the shield guys that just absolutely drove me nuts there's the ones that were cloaked so when there was a lot going on in battle they could absolutely sneak around they did they tried flanking a lot i, I had no issues with that there was the different drones in the game i, I thought there was, was a good variety. enemy variety well and i guess we're this far into it the fact that we haven't talked about the fact that there's two tiers two levels to your shooting you know there's your crouched and so if you're standing up in some of the smaller enemies in the game and you're shooting if you don't crouch you can't hit them which i think is a pretty which clever. is i think is a pretty cool mechanic and so just from the gameplay front in general like i don't have complaints with that of course yeah it could use more variety but the maps enemy design the types of fights the like all of it together is that's not the problem with the game it's since we have all that give me more i need more uniqueness within the game. And I feel like I'm just left where I was and I don't know if I'll ever play it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know so, if I will. Well, so for me, with someone like you, your I know like I mean we both like storyline, but I have a hunch unless you have someone who can cooperatively play with you, I just don't think the game will keep you interested long enough. I I got to imagine on the second or third time where you see like how far you have to retrace your steps again, you're going to be like what am I doing? And, and that was a thought that went through my head a couple different times in the game. And I believe that's a problem. So Mike, do you have anything else you wanted to add or can I get to some little quick bits here? Go for it. All right. So I might as well just say, I can't remember if I said at the beginning of this episode, my final build, I was level 31. I used the ENB Enforcer, and then I had the Overwhelmer. My augmentations, I used Overclock, which just, it's an ability that allows me to have, it increases my energy regeneration. And then Tactical Recharge and Reload Speed. So one, one I could obviously reload the guns quicker, but the other one was my cooldown for my tactical little dodge would happen quicker which again i kind of look when i looked back at that they're all the boring options but the ones that i utilize the most um hmm. so i use spider bots which hands down was probably one of my favorite one there is there's a there's a skill called sentinel beam that you just literally look like a dbz character which is kind of <laughs> cool <laughs> so that's pretty that's pretty awesome but i used a vi- vitality booster module one and then tactical charge for module two which again was just the ability to 
dodge and roll quicker. And then as far as upgrades go, I got, I invested 20 points into weapon handling, body battery, which again, just allowed me to throw out more spiders more often. Vitality, I mean, obviously I just don't want to die. And then evasion. Evasion was a weird one because you would think it would mean when someone's trying to attack you, like you're harder to hit. Correct. But evasion in this game is just, it helps the cooldown rate again for your roll. So I invested heavily into making sure I just, (laughs) I could roll tons. Get out of the way, yeah. And then as far as uh, just for the bosses in the game, I thought there was at least a decent variety of different bosses. The two that kind of stand out to me, there was... One that I thought was kind of odd is called the Onyx Void Operative. And the enemy itself isn't necessarily too fascinating, but it's the fact that this is the first time, if I remember correctly, he has other enemies with him, but they're cloaked ninjas. <laughs> and so you're <laughs> he's not that strong by himself. He doesn't have a big health pool. But because he has all these extra guys running around with him, it is an absolute ridiculous fight. That's and cool. It, it, it definitely caught me off guard quite a few different times. And then the other, the only other boss, it almost feels like it's mandatory in games like this. If I, the boss with the largest health pool early on for me was a boss called the Siege Mech. And he, it's the atypical boss where there's like all these giant red no-go zones that will pop up and then rockets will hit. So you're constantly having to move, move around. Yeah. And then I guess I cannot finalize my thoughts without bringing up the mega arachnoid boss, which I think everyone will have chills over the difficulty jump that happens in this game with that particular boss and the glitches associated to that boss. I died, I believe. I was keeping track to a certain point. I have, I have nine times that I died on this boss. It's so much stronger. You do no damage to it. It hits you so hard. In multiple different times, I had three of them that spawned instead of one. <laughs> and, and it's if you go on the internet, there are literally guides complaining and talking about, okay, here's what you got to do for this boss. It, it's just, it was ridiculous. I don't know what happened in the, the R and or not, even just like the, the play testing yes. section for this game that clearly got missed. That boss was barn on the most difficult boss in the game and most frustrating boss outside of that main boss. And again, the main boss himself wasn't even that hard. It was just all the enemies that spawned on you the whole time, which is ridiculous. So even after hearing all those little quick bits of yours, I still, I I don't know. (laughs) I can't, I can't determine if I'm ever going to download this game and give it a shot, but I'm intrigued about this developer, I think. And I think I want to keep my eye on them, which is, you know, it's another thing to add to the pool of all these wonderful developers out there. Hmm. Well, there you have it. The Ascent is an example of a vision not grounded in reality. A 12-person team simply trying to have it all. If DLC or another game is to ever grace us with its presence, in order to pull in my brother and perhaps even bring me back, focus on those sweet cyberpunk visuals and banging beats. Oh, and please, please just seismic slam those damned bugs out of existence and let your vibes shine bright.